This podcast is brought to you by Bet Rivers. Download the Bet Rivers app from the App Store or Google Play Store. Must be 21. Available in Ohio only. Void where prohibited. Terms and conditions apply. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Sports gaming is provided in partnership with Dayton Real Estate Ventures, LLC, DBA, Hollywood Gaming at Dayton Raceway. If you're a tennis fan, you'll love betting weekly game bet match on the Bet Rivers Network. Whether you're a better or just love tennis, you'll enjoy the in-depth analysis each week of the tennis calendar. Subscribe to Game Bet Match today from your favorite podcast provider. You're listening to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match on the Bet Rivers Network. Hello and welcome to Betting Weekly Game Bet Match, the tennis podcast brought to you in association with Bet Rivers. I'm Nigel Seedy, and usually on a Wednesday, I'm joined by James Blake because James has just been traveling across America, coming home after working on the Australian Open for ESPN. We have to put the date back to Thursday, but it's better late than never. James, glad to have you back. Good to be home and yes. uh, safe, tra- good travel, good tournament, good tournament so far, hasn't it been the Australian Open? been very interesting yeah it's been uh it was was fun i mean you never know what to expect there's always a it seems like every every grand slam there's one of these uh pretty inspirational stories like magdalenette you know tatiana maria a few uh a few slams ago and um so those are fun and um you never know i mean really don't know what to expect i mean now except that it's the australian open so you do expect novak to be deep and that uh goes true to true to form yeah, I mean, you called a lot of games. What was the what was the takeout game match that you enjoyed most watching? Um, well, the one that I called that I enjoyed the most probably was Murray and Berrettini. Oh. Um, and then his match, the next match that he played was probably um, the match of the tournament with him against Kokonakis. So those were uh, those were both really exciting and and fun to see early rounds. Um, um, otherwise, I and mean, for me, I'm you know American. I, I'll, I'm admittedly a homer at times and. You know, love seeing so many Americans do pretty darn well, and uh, one still going. So it's uh, it's pretty exciting times for for American fans. We'll come on to the American uh, participation and and the future for American tennis a bit later on in this edition of Game Bet Match. But I tell you about that. I was uh, I had I had a meeting in London and the day of the uh, Murray Kokonakis game, and I had to meet someone at uh, I think it was about twelve o'clock. And uh, I left at half three in the afternoon. The game was still going on. And there was like literally 12 o'clock, there was three people watching the tennis in, in the, where we had the meeting. And yeah. by half past three, there was about 303 people. <laughs> it was an incredible game. And, it, and yeah. I couldn't believe it was still going on when we left. And, you know, it, it was it was an amazing before. Just ran out of legs when he fought uh, Batista were good. But even in the second, le- second set, he played some sensational tennis. So for us, yeah. um, amazing. Yeah, it really was incredible. And great to see him still performing at a really high level, but I think even a, a healthy 25 year old playing those two five setters in a row, finishing at four in the morning would have a tough time coming back and playing a, another player like Bautista Agut. So, um, you know, tough for, for that situation, but great to see him, you know, playing that well on that level, at least for a few matches before, uh, before his body can, uh, before his body gives out. I don't know if you saw the tweet. He, uh, it was, I think it was yesterday or the day before he came back from Australia and he took his six-year-old to school. Did you see the tweet he said? I didn't see that, no. The six-year-old, I don't know if it was his daughter or his son, like, I don't know, if, it, but he's got a six-year-old. He, he was on the school run, and he's just come back after heroics, and she said to him, uh, Daddy, when you drop me off, please do not kiss me. Let me go in on my own. And he said how <laughs> things are changing in, th- in that month that he's been away, how things have changed. Gets us oh, all. Yeah. 
It happens to all of us. Yeah. I mean, my daughters don't like that. I've already embarrassed them since I've been home. I've only been home a day. And um, I think just last night we went to dinner and said, this is why you embarrass me, daddy. That's that's to be expected. I get, I get a text from my, my daughter's 21 now. And I get a text from my daughter and and, and it, it usually starts, dad, can I ask a favor? Yeah, <laughs> and, then, and then and then and my text says how much question mark and that that is the text that's my relationship with my daughter now it's amazing yeah but cherish those moments in that it made Absolutely. me laugh that the, the daddy come home the, the fantastic tennis player was left in Melbourne but the dad was home and he wasn't allowed to kiss his six year old goodbye for school amazing thing uh, anyway it's, uh, the tournament's been amazing tournament we touched on it Novak Djokovic sensational coming through to the to the semi finals we have uh, two semi finals. Overnight in America, we have uh, seven or six to pass against Kachanov. Uh, we have Tommy Paul, the obviously leading the American hopes against Novak Djokovic, and looks an impossible mission for Tommy Paul. Um, just, just a little a bit of a breakdown. How, how do you see those games going, and where do you see, you know, if, if there was any potential shock, where where would it be happening? Well, I mean, I think uh, for American fans, they're hoping for the huge shock of Tommy Paul winning against Novak, but I don't. I don't see that. The way Novak's playing and the fact that he's now pain-free has been, I think, even worse for the rest of the field because he started out the tournament with a little bit of a question mark and that hamstring injury lingering a little bit. And the fact that it's gotten better over time and early on, it seemed like he was going for his forehand a little bit more hitting a little more aggressive, a little bit harder, ending points a little quicker and realizing that he has that ability and can do that. It's added to the fact that now that it does seem like the hamstring is healed up and he's fine. Um, he's his movement and de- defense is always incredible. And now he's adding the fact that that forehand's getting more offensive. It just looks like it's, it's unstoppable. Um, and as much as I, I like Tommy Paul, he's a great kid. He's going to have an unbelievable future and a great career. Um, I think it's too much to ask. Uh, honestly, I think it's too much to ask to even get a set off of Novak. Um, mm. I think the way Novak's playing, um, I wouldn't at all be surprised if he goes six more sets and uh, and that's it. Um, he's he's playing just just that well. Um, on the other side, I think I think that's going to be a really good matchup. So I don't think anything would surprise me between Sitsipas Hatchinoff because they um, they're both playing really well. Sitsipas has been pretty quiet throughout this event. Um, I haven't heard as much talk about him. I know you liked him early on, um, but there hasn't been a ton of um, hoopla around him. It's almost like it's becoming more expected for him to to be a little deeper in slams. Um, Hatchinov, two in a row now into the semifinals after the U.S. Open. Um, he played great um, against Seb Korda. I would have loved to have seen Seb Korda be totally healthy for that one because um, it was shaping up to be a pretty darn good match, but um, the way Hatchinov is serving, um, I think he's going to give Sitsipas some problems, but I think the experience of Sitsipas in the end, they'll come through in a close one. I think um, if I were to think about anything for these two, it might be it might be the over in the Sitsipas Hatchinov mm-hmm. and the under in the the Djokovic Paul, um, because I think I think it's going to be pretty one sided in the Djokovic Paul, and I think it's going to be really uh, really close in the Sitsipas Hatchinov. Yeah, if you look at the overs, the over with uh, Bet Rivers on the Djokovic of Tommy Paul is 30 and a half games, which is relatively low for a, a Grand Slam semi final. Kachalaf against Sitsapas is 39 and a half. So it's a nine and a half games differential between the two. Yeah. Another Djokovic is a minus 2,500 favourite, which is incredible. Tommy Paul is plus 1,200, and in Sitsapas, he's minus 265, and Kachalaf is plus 220. So um, one thing I will ask you, I mean, there's been a lot of talk about Novak Djokovic's injuries and, mm-hmm. you know, is he, is he, you know, the way he, 
he sort of has the injury timeouts, and a lot of people are, are, are questioning how injured Novak Djokovic has been. Um, the mark, the betting market, whenever he has an has an injury, it goes crazy. You know, everyone thinks oh, he's going to get beat. Everyone, everyone, everyone goes mad. But yeah. uh, tennis betters like myself, over over watching Djokovic's career, he does it an awful lot. Um, do you think that he needs that kind of sort of I don't know, I don't know, a psychological thing that he's doing, or do you, do you genuinely believe that you know he's he, he's is in as much pain as he, he's, he's given across? Yeah, I mean it's tough to say in the ones in the past. This one, I do think he's he's been injured, um, and, and the main reason I think um, for me that was the indicator was that he wasn't practicing on his days off. Um, for someone that relies on rhythm and and does need to hit a lot of balls. Um, not practicing on your day off means he's really worried about the recovery and the fact that it's now feeling good. Like, I don't think he's injured at all right now going into the semis and the finals, but I do believe in the first round and second round, he was nervous because he, whether it was a slight pull in his hamstring or whatever it was, I do think there was an effect there on his hamstring. Um, and I think as you saw, it got better. That, that's something that for, for any athlete, if you're you're going into a big event and you've got a little nagging injury you're scared it's going to get worse and play three out of five it's going to you know get tired and get worse and worse and the fact that it got better in that first round i think that was the huge kind of like over the hump moment of like okay i'm gonna be all right it's gonna be okay it's gonna get better it's not getting worse it's gonna only get better with time and all the preparation is doing i mean i think he was sleeping in a hyperbaric chamber doing um you know time in a hyperbaric chamber doing all that like oxygenated stuff and um ice that all the kind of stuff that you need to do to to heal i mean he's as meticulous as anyone can be about his body so i think now he's gotten to the point where he's healthy um the other stuff the times when he takes injury timeouts and i think he's just he's somewhat demonstrative i mean you see that in when he gets upset when he gets happy he's 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 someone that's um that kind of wears things on his sleeve and so they're probably maybe I don't want to say exaggerated, but they're it seems bigger than it is because he's he's just demonstrative as opposed to you look at someone like Roger who is very calm and cool and collected and so um, I I think people do maybe make it a bigger deal than it is because it, he just you know you just see that and it's um it's coming out but I think he's there, there have been plenty of times he has been injured on tour and it's it's caused him problems but I think this time he was injured to start but he's in my opinion he's fine now. Yeah, if anyone's been watching the uh, Netflix documentary of of uh, with Novak's last year in the at Melbourne, and you know the the, the anger it caused, and the, and the, you can see the motivation, I believe, and when he goes on court, that he wants to with that tenth one to sort of show everyone that you know, I'm I'm back and I'm ready. But yeah. um, you know, with his injury, I mean, he's been brushing aside the opponents. You know, do you do you think? That we're seeing a peak, Novak Djokovic. Where do you think Novak Djokovic was at his peak? I mean, it's very hard to say because obviously he was going to run into Rafa's at the peak. He was going to run into to Roger Federer's at the peak and other key players who were in around the top ten. Andy Murray's. Uh, you had you know you had Del Potro. All these kind of players around at the time. I, I would argue that the caliber of player in in the men's draw isn't as strong as it was in those those peak. Oh, the, the gap, you know, the mm-hmm. top ten and the young kids coming through are ex- exceptional. But I would argue at the peak level. So do, are we seeing a, a Djokovic, do you believe, at the top of his game? Or do you think Djokovic three years ago or four years ago was was the man and it may be a little bit of a decline in men's tennis at the moment? Um, I actually think he's playing as well or better than he's played before. And it is crazy to think of that um, at his age. But um, 
I think the he, he's his game. He's added things. He's he's improved so much. I think um, maybe four or five years ago, there were things that maybe could be picked on. His serve wasn't as as dominant as it has been. He wasn't backing it up as well. And like I said, his forehand, the way he's hitting it now, um, this tournament, especially the last couple rounds, has looked even better than he he's been hitting it the last few years. So. Um, he, I think he's a little bit more comfortable at net. Uh, I mean, he's still not, um, he's still never going to be Sampras or, um, or Edberg up there, but he's, he's getting more comfortable. Um, so I actually think he's playing as well as he's played, um, which is, it's really scary. I, I don't know how long that can last. Cause I mean, obviously when you're 25 and you're playing that well, you think, okay, this is, you got 10 more years of this, but at 35, um, you know, if you're playing that great, there will be injuries that may come in and they may take longer to heal as well as he does with his body. Uh, just the same as Tom Brady and, you know, father time does take its toll at some point. And at 35, if he's playing this well, um, do we maybe only have as a fan, do we maybe only have this for another year or two until a steep decline happens or, um, or one bad injury causes it to being a situation where that it's really not even worth a comeback or, or something like that. But um, the way he's actually playing just the tennis part, I'd take him, I'd probably take him right now over Novak four or five years ago. Um, because I just think he's playing smarter. He's playing more, uh, more controlled and then being even more aggressive with his forehand. So I, I like the way he's playing right now. I think we just got to enjoy it. Haven't we? Because yeah, you know, we're not going to have a, do- you're not gonna have it. We might only have it for another year or two. You're not going to have a domination and, and the talent that we've seen. We're very lucky to be able to watch over the last few years. Yeah. Nadal and Federer and uh, Djokovic. Uh, just, just, just talking about Djokovic. I mean, I, I was, um, I'm quite domesticated at home, uh, James. Mm-hmm. Obviously, I, I do the hoovering. I do, you know, my, my wife. She, she, she gives me a list of things to do, and I obviously do them. Of and uh, I, I, we, we have to have a good life. You know, if we don't do yeah. those things, we're in trouble. So there's nothing. <laughs> I think we're an unhappy wife and happy life. Yeah. So she sends me these these jobs to do, and um, I was watching the the Djokovic, uh, the Mimoir game. And um, you know, the, obviously, the tennis crowd is two sets to love, and and their local boys behind. And you, you hear, you they want to get, they want to, they want to get the, their money. They want to, they want to get the value for their money. And it, I heard these big cheers in Australia, and I didn't, I didn't, I couldn't see the scoreboard, but I, the commentator wasn't giving the score. And I thought, honestly, well, Dimitrov's making a comeback here, but it wasn't. Yeah. It was Djokovic on break points. And that, yeah. that's that's the testament of the guy and what he's what he means to tennis fans that he's beating the guy in Melbourne and Homer, and and yeah. and everyone's cheering him because everybody wants to see a five set, everyone wants to see a four set, no one wants to see yeah. a six, two six two six two match, and they yeah. were giving him that kind and and I and I was, uh, I was I was I was doing my chores, hearing the scores, and as it's a rhyme, doing my chores, hearing the scores, uh, <laughs> and I thought and I thought that it was uh, going to be that way, but that just shows you what a legend is. Anyway, he's yeah. minus four dollars to win the twenty twenty three Australian Open. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stefanos Tsitsipas is plus $4. Uh, Karin Kachanov is plus 1400 And Tommy Paul, the outsider, at plus 3300 That's the men's semifinals. We know the final in the women's. It's uh, Ribikina, uh, the Wimbledon champion, up against Sabalenka. Uh, the one thing we do know here, these two are going to go toe-to-toe. They're going to be hitting shots. Yeah. It's going to be very, very heavy. Uh, Sabalenka is actually the favourite, despite her... Um, you're not winning a major and also question marks about her temperament, question marks about her ability to get to this stage and win this stage. But she mm-hmm. does hold a three, one head to head lead. And they met recently this year in Dubai in the exhibition game, which um, Ribikina won, but uh, at Wimbledon, 
Sabalinka one in two sets to one, but every single game match, sorry, every single match these two have played has gone the distance. We, yeah. This is going to be a classic, I think. I think so too, and I think um, Sabalenka being the favorite is is for the the main reason that you just said is there's question marks about her temperament, but she's proven throughout this tournament that that's that seems to be very much changed. She's been calm. She's gotten herself. She, I'd say the match she played the she's played great in every match, with the exception of maybe that Donna Vekic match, mm-hmm. where she didn't she definitely didn't play her best. It was kind of littered with with some errors, some a few double faults um, creeping in, and she didn't panic. She got through a tough first set, and then her game started to rate to to rise a little bit. And Vekic has never did. It just stayed kind of ugly for her. So um, the fact that Sabalenka has remained calm throughout all this the the matches this far the, thus far in this event um, to me lets me know that it seems like she is ready. Because for so long she's been, is she going to win this slam? Is she going to win this slam? She's got an opportunity here, U.S. Open a couple of years ago when Raducanu won it, um, uh, Wimbledon when Ash Barty won it. They thought, okay, maybe Sabalenka could win that one. She's had. She's had opportunities and, and it seems like people are, are waiting for this chance. And now it seems like her mind has caught up to that and has been, has seemed a lot calmer. The shots are there. I mean, she is extremely powerful off both sides. She can hurt you off both sides, even more so off the forehand, but a backhand is dangerous too. Her serve has um, sort of stabilized last year at this time. She was averaging over 12 double faults a, a match. And that was, you can't compete that way. And the fact that her serve has become stable, I think has translated to kind of trickle down into the rest of her game, that that confidence is there for the rest of the game. Rabakina is, um, is pretty high highs and lows kind of thing. Like they're both, they're both huge hitters. Um, so it's just going to be a matter of who's on, who's able to execute. Rabakina has the experience of winning a grand slam already. So she might not be as nervous, but I think the reason uh, Sabalenka is a favorite is because the, for one, the head to head, but also her temperament has been looking like that she's ready for this moment now. And if she is, I think the, the that she should be the favorite and that she deserves to be a slight favorite because I think she's got a little better chance of winning this the way she's been playing. Um, nothing would surprise me in this one because both of them are huge hitters. And if one of them goes off a little bit, I think um, you know that could that could just be the end of, of the match because the other one could just take that and grab grab the match by by its throat and take over. But um, I do see that there's a decent chance it'll be a three setter, um, and I would favor Sabalenka a tiny bit, but it's it's probably pretty pretty fair with that saying that she's a, a slight favorite. Yeah, slight favorite minus one thirty six with Bet Rivers plus fifteen Ribikina. Uh, the totals is 22 and a half with it's quite high for women's tennis 22 and a half you know it's uh, it, i wouldn't like to play 22 and a half i always like to play 21 and a half it's, it sounds it's like a big point in american football 22 and a half yeah. is a big game uh, yeah. over 22 and a half is minus 108 under is minus 112 sabalenka amazingly this year is 10 and 0 and she's won every single game without drew every, every single match she's played she hasn't lost a set so she's yeah. won every single one but it's a it's, it's this is a, a unique battle and a, and a fantastic matchup for me it's a, a great box like a boxing fight having a brilliant matchup you've got the grand slam champion in Ribikina who's done it won Wimbledon when she won Wimbledon she didn't even cheer she just cheered. I know she's amazing walked in as though she was just winning the, the local school championship didn't even bother about it that's like uh, her thing now she just doesn't there's yeah. no reaction it's incredible Unbelievable. Uh, yeah. Sabalenka, there was more reaction in my house because I better to beat your boy. It was, it was, I should have <laughs> had the camera on me. It was crazy. Uh, <laughs> Sabalenka, uh, on the other hand, is all reaction. She's all powerful. Yeah. She wins every shot. So it's a really great match. If you're going to watch it, obviously, it's on, uh, I think, Saturday morning in American time. I think that'd be right. I think at 3.30 a.m. 
uh, on Saturday morning, uh, US time, Eastern time. So stay up early. You'll watch that game. It'll be an absolute brilliant game. 22 yeah. and a half is the line. I think my, both myself and James are leaning towards over the games on that. Okay, that's the final. That's the, that's for now. That's the Australian Open. That's where we are now. And it's a good future. Now, this tournament, we're probably not going to have an American winner of the men's singles, it's fair to say. We know we're not going to have an American winner of the uh, the women's singles, but mm-hmm. US tennis is in great shape this week, uh, after yeah. this week. Tommy Paul making the semifinals, Ben Shelton coming out from nowhere. The guy that you highlighted as, as a player to follow this year, anyone who's listened to your advice has got a, a, a Grand Slam quarterfinalist in the first Grand Slam. JJ Wolf played exceptionally well, and Sebastian Corder. Obviously, would love to have seen him fit against Kachanov, but obviously just ran out of legs there. In the women's side, Jess Pegula, you know, doing what she does, winning tours. You know, she'd probably be disappointed with her performance, but she's there or thereabouts. And obviously, Coco Goff, who just needs it a little bit slower, as we said before. French Open time could be Coco Goff's time. But it's good time for American tennis, isn't it? It's a lot to look forward to. So much to look forward to, and it is great to see. Um, and that's with probably the two, you would think the two favorites not doing as well mm. between Tiafo and, and Fritz, um, who had, you know, Tiafo had a, a pretty good opportunity. He he really had, he was up 6-1 in the fourth set tiebreak against Hachinov, take it to the fifth set, never know what's going to happen in the fifth set, but um, he was, he was playing well. He is still playing well, I think. Um, and I think these kind of moments from Tommy Paul and, um, and JJ Wolf and Ben Shelton and Sebi Corda, that's going to push these other top guys as well. And that's without Riley Opelka even being healthy yet. When he gets back to being healthy, I think it'll push him. Um, so, and we had a big win from Jensen Brooksby over Casper Rude there. So the American tennis players are doing great. They're pushing each other. They're doing it. They, I just saw something where they're, they're joking about and saying they're even closer than the group of myself and Andy and uh, and Marty and Robbie Ginepri that, uh, you know, we were such good friends and these guys are even closer friends and they're always talking to each other, always pumping each other up. So that's so fun for me to hear that these guys really like each other and then still want to kick some butt on the court too. Um, so I love seeing that. And I think they've got, they do all have, have a really positive futures. On the women's side, Pagula, yeah, probably disappointed in that one performance against Azarenka. Azarenka played pretty inspired tennis that day. Um, but Pagula has this, um, this was a good opportunity for her and a chance for her to maybe uh, get her first Grand Slam or at least get to her first final. Um, not able to do it. A little disappointing, but she's played great tennis so far this year. Same with Coco Goff. Um, she came up against Astapenko. That's a tough matchup for her. It's a tough matchup for anyone because Astapenko is so unpredictable. Um, she can hit winners from anywhere, but she can make errors from anywhere. Um, she's, she can get under a player's skin and I don't think that's what happened against Coco. I think it was just the unpredictability of her shots. Um, and the fact that she hits so flat and through the court, um, that it was a problem for Coco's forehand. Um, but, uh, you know, she's, she'll go back to the drawing board and I think she'll be, uh, she'll be okay. Um, and they, they actually have a chance to win the the doubles too. Uh, Coco mm-hmm. and Pagula are in the doubles and, um, they're having a lot of fun there. They both, I think that really helps both their mindsets when they have a tough loss, like they both did here. Um, they get back and they get in the winning way on a, on the doubles court. Um, I look for, for Coco to have her best chance at the French open anyway. Um, just the slower courts are going to be better for her. Um, so the next grand slam is, you know, you hope for Coco's sake that she's kind of coming into her own and, um, and can have more success and maybe even get, get herself a title there at the French open. Yeah, I mean, she's going to be a fancy contender. I'm going to get you the odds for her to win the French Open now. She's plus 1,700 to win the French Open. 
yeah, so much can happen between now and then, but I, I like her chances to do well um, on the clay. Well, she's on. She's she's ranked the same as Caroline Garcia, and Caroline Garcia has been exceptional. But the pressure for a French girl to win the French Open and someone like oh. Caroline Garcia, I think, is going to be too strong for. And obviously, she's got to beat Shrontek. We're going to come to a question from Shrontek in a second. But uh, yeah. the one thing I would say is, I, I want to have a beer with Francis Tiafo. Set me up <laughs> when I'm in when I'm in America. Next time I'm at a tournament, I want to hang out again. He looks so much fun. I think yeah. we, we should go and have a couple of beers and, and we could go to a karaoke and sing some songs or something. I would love to hang out with Francis Tiff. You can set it up for me, James. That'd be yeah. You got to get in line. Everyone wants to hang with him and, and for good reason. I mean, you saw that United cup, um, how much fun they had and um, all of them were drawing the locks on the screen when they were signing their names after winning. And that was all started by Francis. I mean, he is just, he's got that kind of personality that makes people smile, makes people want to have a good time. When he was winning matches, I would see at Australia that the person coming to the net, he was making them laugh at the net. You know, normally <laughs> that's a very, you know, conciliatory, oh man, I'm sorry, bad luck. Sorry. And he's cracking them up. You know, he's making the, the umpires laugh. He's, he's, um, he's having a great time and, and he, he's, he makes sure people around him are having a great time too. And I think a lot of people, when he started out, were worried about that, that he's just, he's just having too much fun. He's goofing around. He's not that serious. He's showing now that he can combine the fact that he's very serious about his career but also can still make sure to have some lighter moments and have some fun. And I, I love the fact that he's, he's been able to manage that the way he has now um, getting in towards the middle of his career. I think the one thing about young, these young tennis players coming up now, I don't think they've ever had a better opportunity for the years to actually break through and become world number one, win tournaments because, you know, went once Novak Djokovic, he can't go on like this for another three or four years. But if you're 23, yeah. 24 and you're in the world, you, you, you know, you, you, Nadal's going to par. You, you're going to have, uh, obviously, Djokovic and, and, uh, and, and, and Federer are obviously gone. It's mm -hmm. a great time to be a young tennis player because it's opportunities for majors. I mean, when you stopped, when you, when you were around, you know, you had Sam Bush, you had uh, Agassi. Then, you, then all of a sudden, Rogers started coming up, Rafa started coming up. But now for these young players, there's not much to beat now, is there? Once, once, it's once. Very it's very exciting and it's interesting as a fan to see what's going to happen because it does look like there might be a lot more parody. So there might be mm. um, guys like Sinner, uh, Pass, um, Hachinov, Rublev, Medvedev that win, you know, one slam here and then two years later win one more slam and not the, the situation where it's every single slam, it's either Roger, Rafa or Novak that's the favorite and every single slam, one of them comes through it's going to be, well, there's 12 guys that can win the slam and what's going to happen and who's going to play better and who's um, changed coaches, who's changed a pair, um, you know, equipment, who's uh, making progress, who's doing it, who's playing better on this surface and um, who's got a better draw, who's got tougher conditions because they're playing late or they're playing in the middle of the day in the heat. So there's going to be a lot more and there are those opportunities. And so if you're, you're right, if you're 22, 23, 25 years old, um, now is your time to think, you know what, I, I've got these next five or 10 years where there is this opening and who's going to fill it. Who's going to be uh, the next one that's taking all of these grand slams um, to themselves and, and really taking charge. And there might not be anyone. And that'll be interesting too, because we've had so long where there's been domination by just a few that maybe having parity and uh, variety for the next 10, 15 years uh, might be the way it goes. And um, that can be really interesting too, because there's so much up there and and who's going to separate themselves a little bit. Exciting times ahead uh, in the men's tennis game. 
as well as the women's tennis game, because there's not really a dominant force in that at the moment either. We, we'll come on to the last question. We got it from a viewer, which we'll uh, we'll mention. But obviously, we we talk about players who want to take out from the Australian Open. Obviously, the Hecker was a was a, was a bit of a takeout for me. I was very impressed with him. Uh, but I think Ben Shelton is the one, isn't he? I mean, you, you mentioned yeah. him before. Um, his serving stats were insane. I mean, he, he hardly broke serve. Obviously, he just ran out of legs. I think in that game against Tommy Paul, he just got a bit tired, and he and he, and he lost three one. But um, when he, when the grass season comes around, no one's going to want to be playing this lad at Wimbledon, will they? No, he's um, as I said earlier, he's a, he's a special talent. Um, he's a guy that he's got the pedigree. His dad was a pro pro player, and um, he's learned from him. Both extremely reserved, extremely like really polite, great people off the court. And on the court, he is a competitor. Even when, like you said, he ran out of gas. I mean, it's pretty apparent he ran out of gas against Tommy Paul. The guy had played one three out of five set match before uh, professionally before coming into the Australian Open and had to play five um, in less than two weeks at the at the Aussie Open. So um, pretty crazy for him to do that well. And then he was completely out of gas and still fought hard to get that third set against Tommy Paul. So I don't think you can question his heart. Um, the legs will come. He's 20 years old. He's going to get stronger. He's going to get more used to competing, um, at this level and how much it's going to take out of his legs and what he's going to need to do, um, in terms of his preparation, which that, that can be learned, you know, getting, getting in shape for slams. That's something that I don't think is, uh, is going to be a problem for him. Um, so I think once it does come and he's able to serve the way he was serving in those first four matches, um, barely getting broken. I think he went 65 or 66 mm-hmm. games in a row without getting broken. I mean, that's nearing the kind of Federer Sampras type levels of, um, and granted it wasn't against the top, top players. These are still guys that are in second, third, fourth rounds of grand slam. So it's not against, um, you know, your local pro it's, um, it's pretty, pretty real, um, to, to have that many in a row, uh, the way he's serving and, a big first serve he's not afraid to go big on his second serve um and then he can follow it up with big forehands and the rest of his game is going to keep getting better so he's definitely someone that's um i mean he's going to be top 50 now already i could see him top 30 i could see him i could honestly see him seated at the u.s open um so i i um i just like the way he's playing and he's got a he's got a good head on his shoulders he's being helped by dean goldfine right now and his dad um so I, I think he's got huge upside and I mean, we'll see, but I mean, it, the other thing is he's, he's helping to push the rest of these Americans and they're going to help push him. You know, he's, he lost to Tommy Paul right there. And um, that's going to be a big, um, you know, those kind of things will, will turn into big rivalries and we'll see with these Americans, which ones are, are the biggest of the rivalries between all these guys, between JJ and Ben and, um, and Tommy and Francis and Taylor and all these guys who's and Riley, when he comes back, um, you know, that'll be an interesting matchup. Ben Shelton against Riley Opelka, oh. two huge servers. Who's going to figure rally. out a way to get a break? Over, <laughs> longest rally over four and a half shots. Longest <laughs> rally. Yeah. <laughs> Seven yeah, so. total games will be the highest ever. In the, in, in, <laughs> yeah. in the, the line will be insane. Uh, the one thing yeah. that did impress me when he played uh, Popperin in the third round, he was the underdog going into the... Uh, Again, against an Australian, and he and he took it in his stride, and he was absolutely exceptional. Which, uh, which, which, which for a young lad was very, very good. Admittedly, Popperin was absolutely exhausted because he come he beat Taylor Fritz that he did yeah. the night before. But uh, that he's still got to get over the line against that. So good future ahead for Ben Shelton. Uh, I've I've got him penciled in for the week before Wimbledon. Okay, uh, he's going to get to the semi-finals at least at the Queens Club, or if he goes to the German tournaments or Ross Marlon, he's going to win them. That's right. Yeah, Holly's I, I, Holly's got actually probably 
the courts are probably even better for a server yeah. in Holly there. Um, Queens actually, it's it's almost because the, the courts at Queens are so good that they play um, they play so true that it's um, it's probably a little better. The kind of the, a few of the bad bounces at Holly are uh, are better for those huge servers. <laughs> that's where I've got him penciled in. I've got him. Uh, yeah. That's where I think that's where we're going to get him cashing from one of these yeah. tournaments the week before like Wimbledon it. in the tournament when all the big seeds are looking at Wimbledon and a big and you come through, you'll come through well. Hasn't played a game on grass yet, so we'll have to see how he performs. Uh, the yeah. final part of the show, we just got a question from one of our viewers. And if you've got a question for James or myself, um, you know, if you want to know where I get my fashion clothes, you want to get where I get my, uh, my, my my hairspray, you can always just message me, no problem whatsoever. But uh, if you want, to, if you have got any questions, please uh, obviously tweet us at because we win and we're happy to answer any questions. We've got a question from uh, J Rod, who's a big tennis fan. He's he, he always watches the shows and comments on the show. Just he want to ask you, James, is about a question about Igor Sviontek. He asked his question, where does she go from here? Is the pressure of world number one getting to her? That's the first part of his question. So we want to answer that bit first. Schwantek obviously beaten and the Australian Open courts don't do her, you know, it's not her, it's not she's not gonna, you know, it's not her her, her, her surface. But I think the manner of her defeats and the way that she's handling herself at the moment has got a big question mark about her temperament. Um, yeah, if you could answer that question or how your thoughts on Schwantek. Yeah, I mean, I think it's it's way too early to panic about that. Um and I think that's part of the problem is that people see one loss and say, oh, uh, well, is it too much? Is it too much? What, what are you going to do? And, and do we need to change something? No, she had one loss. It's okay. Um, and like you said, the Australian Open isn't exactly perfectly fit for her. Um, the way she lost, she lost to Rabakina, and it was, um, you know, it was pretty uh, standard the way uh, Rabakina beat her. It wasn't like she... Um, she beat her seven, six and a third or anything. She, she took her out pretty handily. Um, but Rabakina can do that. She's her, um, her game is huge. And when she's playing well, as she showed at Wimbledon, she could beat anyone, especially when the courts are playing a little quicker. Um, so I'm not panicked about that. If it turns into, you know, quite an extended time where Sviantek is having trouble winning. Okay. Then we, then we can start talking about it. But, um, I think people make way too much out of, um, one or two events when someone's number one in the world. Um, and she, it's not like she's newly number one in the world. She's been there since March of last year. So um, she's had time to get used to it. And since then she's still won uh, grand slam titles. So um, I think she's, she's actually, if anything, probably getting more and more used to being the number one seed, the one with the target on her back um, and the one that everyone is expecting to win. And um, I think she's also probably realizing what, players like Serena, Roger, Rafa, and Novak have gone through for, for decades, um, mm. which, you know, is this every single slam if you lose, especially if you lose kind of early, it's this panic of what's going on. What's What did you do wrong? Do you need to change something? And that's pretty difficult to deal with. So we'll see how she handles this. I'm not going to, I'm not going to be the one that I, I haven't <laughs> spoken to her. I'm not going to be the one to say that she absolutely is going to panic and go down a spiral right now, or she's going to just use this, turn right around, get back on the practice court and go back to having the confidence that she should have because she's number one in the world and has proved that she's been far and away the most dominant player on the women's side for the last year. Um, even with these this loss here and the loss at United Cup, she's still been extremely dominant um, when it comes to um, when it comes to women's tennis. You're just we're so used to the the total domination of the big three on the men's side. And before this all this parody in the women's side, we are used to Serena dominating on her own. So um, you're not always going to have a Serena, you know, it's not, mm -hmm. that's, that's not going to be the case. So one loss for me for Sviantec isn't, isn't telling me she's not number one in the world or isn't telling me she needs the panic yet. 
I think uh, it's a reaction with your number one. You, 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 you there, you're there to be shot at, aren't you? You know, you got to yeah. deal with that pressure, and you, you'll do that. Uh, he's probably, and also, I think Jay Ross probably better to win the uh, to win the the Australian Open. That's why he's asked the question. But the way he did also ask the final question was, uh, what can she do on hard courts and grass to equal her clay course success? We were pushed for a little bit of time. If you can answer that okay. one very quickly, what, what yeah, she can do? Yeah, I mean, game. I think it's it's her forehand gets pressed uh, on the the really fast courts, uh, and I think you saw it from Rabakina. It's the big hitters that are going to give her trouble um, on those fast courts. So um, if there is a way for her to kind of shorten that up, shorten up that swing a little bit, um, her backhand is still lethal. Her movement's great, um, but it takes away some of her movement because her movement is one of her strengths. And when you got a really fast court, um, it doesn't give her the opportunity to play defense as much. So. Um, I think she's got to still play her game. She obviously proved it at the U S open that she can be successful on a hard court. That's relatively quick. Um, so um, I don't think she needs to do much, maybe tweak a, a thing here or there, but not a ton. Yeah. Not a ton at all. Don't worry too much. Eagle strong back better. She'll be back at the French open. She's the woman to beat. She's still number one. Had a bad day at the office against Rubikina, but that happens to everybody. Uh, James, it's always a bit of pleasure. Always, I'll always love talking tennis with you every uh, Wednesday, this week, Thursday, but we'll be back next Wednesday as well, looking ahead to the, all the big talking points in tennis. Myself and Sean Calvert will be back tomorrow. We'll be previewing the men's uh, final. We know the finalists. We'll look at the men's final ahead of the weekend, and Roy Girardi will be sending some stuff on Twitter looking at the women's final. Uh, good luck with your bets if you're going to have a wager on the tennis over the weekend. Uh, enjoy the game i think the women's final is going to be absolutely fantastic and let's hope tommy paul can really give it a good good goal throw against novak djokovic and make it really entertaining and exciting for american tennis betters james thank you as always for joining me i'll speak to you all next week take care everyone and that's game bet match thanks for listening to betting weekly game bet match on the bet rivers network <laughs>